eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You know, really all year we believed in ourselves. Our coaches believed in us. We believed in ourselves. And um, again, we were going up against a great team tonight and just happy we got the job done. I think I'd have been uh, smoking something illegal uh, to really imagine this. In some games, uh, I, I, I didn't get a chance to help anyone. But in the long run, you know, playoff Lenny came alive. Hey, my man Devin, you know what I'm saying? Showing up. Baby, show up, show up. You know how you do? Get live. Get live. A whole lot of get live going on. Hey. Super Bowl 55 champs, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers. Love my teammates, love my coaches, love this organization. Thank you, guys. I'm out. I'm surprised Gronk didn't throw in a little dig at the Patriots at the end of that. I felt like it was going in that direction. I feel like they're, getting, they're enjoying that, I feel like, a little oh, bit. absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it was Gronk who, who made the comment at some point in the past week or so about, uh, you know, the freedom of being in Tampa right. Bay. You, you, you're not under the thumb of the organization. The players are freer to say what they want to say. Not that Gronk was ever restrained by the Patriots, but he's the only one. And it had to be weird for him in New England to be the guy who could say whatever he wanted while everyone else is cowering in a corner because if you say the wrong thing, you're going to get chewed out. So there, there is, I think, a greater sense of freedom in an organization where no they aren't afraid of every word that may pop out of their mouth and constantly self-editing themselves yeah Chris uh no you're right, right Mike uh, I mean li- li- even though he spoke you know more or at least more freely than others in New England I don't, still don't think it was free to what he wanted for sure so uh but but yes I mean brought some personality and him and Brady brought some toughness and personality and confidence to that football team and uh it was it was special to watch last night all right superlatives time Super Bowl edition uh Chris, I'm going to give you the first crack okay. at it since I'm still in the process of formulating mine. Well, all right. I'm going to go with just one real we've, – we've hit a lot of the game. I want to do one big picture, okay? Just like what a show is my first superlative. And I mean that from the whole NFL, the whole weekend. Considering the circumstances, I do want to just give it love, Mike. I know I texted you on Saturday night. I thought the NFL honors were phenomenal. Considering the way it had to be done, they're doing it in the stadium in L.A., everything like that. Steve Harvey was hilarious. The guys who received the awards, the players in the NFL, were all awesome, too. So that, the pregame show yesterday, you know, the national anthem, halftime show, all of that, the NFL put on a great show. And I just for the year we had, and again, to get all the games in, have the Super Bowl, and the way they dressed it up this weekend still was really amazing. So I do want to give the cre- a lot of credit to the NFL for that right off the bat. It felt like a perfectly normal Super Bowl Sunday, and you never looked at the stands and thought, where are all the people? Now having 30,000 cutouts in the stands helps create the, the atmosphere where it feels like a normal Super Bowl, but it did feel like a perfectly normal Super Bowl experience, which I don't think we ever would have expected for this season. I'm going to see your what a show, and I'm going to raise it to what a season. (laughs) Because I never would have ever expected all of the games to be played. We all went into the season thinking, inevitably, there will be games postponed. Now, there was one game that was moved from week four to week seven. Right. Other than that, 
There was no movement. There was no cancellation. Every game was played, and there was no need for what we also thought was inevitable, Chris, an extra weekend of games. They had it baked in. They could have done a week 18. They could have done a week 19. They could have slid the Super Bowl back a few weeks if they wanted to because the the typical crush of humanity around the Super Bowl wasn't going to be there, so they had flexibility, and it's not like there's a lot of other conventions set for Tampa for the month of February given the pandemic. The fact that they got everything in on time, got the playoffs in on time with minimal disruption. We had Titans, Ravens, Browns, three incidents of outbreaks or something like outbreaks, but they managed to put the fire out. They were flexible with the protocols. You know, they understood they're not going to keep guys from getting it. The key is keeping guys from spreading it. They worked with some inherent flaws in the process that weren't their fault. It's just the way that the the virus works, the incubation period, the testing delays, things that we thought would happen like almost instantaneous results that didn't happen. And they still found a way to work through that. And, and, and let me, let me just say one last time to all the people out there who think that I am upset that this happened, that we in some way were against the NFL getting the season. Do you not understand that our revenue, our income is tied to the ability of the games to be played we were trying to sound the alarm because there were moments where you're like, are they really ready for this? Do they really know what they're getting into? Are they really prepared for the challenge this season is going to entail? And they were, but they also had a major chunk of luck that that helped keep this thing on track as well. But um, I, I'm, I'm very – look – if, yeah, yeah, we're, we're never going to convince 100% of the people that we actually want the games to be played. But it's asinine to think that anybody who makes a living off of this sport didn't want the sport to be played. Chris, it's beyond asinine. Yeah, listen, I, I know. Hundreds of thousands of people have died. I mean, how dare we you know, send some warning shots across the bow just to go, are we sure we're ready? Can we do this the right way? And we were just posing questions to make sure things were done the right way. That's all it came down to because we wanted it to happen. So I'm with you. How dare you, like – upstage my what a show for what a season Sorry. what a jerk you are on monday after the super bowl all right <laughs> is that your third is no. that your next one no. what a jerk what a, what a jerk show, what a yes season, what a jerk. That, we could glue that on there for the rest <laughs> of every superlatives ever right all right <laughs> but i think the next one just to have fun would be the uh because you know i like to do my r matey the walk the plank award r matey because the buccaneers front four made mahomes look like he was on the plank ready to jump to the sharks but no really i mean that that was a phenomenal performance i don't know any other way to say it the front four we talked about it for two weeks you know they were going to be told you got to dominate you guys got to win this football game we got to be able to have seven in coverage and play two safeties back and do all that uh, shaquille barrett jpb vita vea and dominican sue i mean wow you know we look at this are you kidding me is this is this like Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner or the damn quarterback? Like what the hell? Which way did he go? Be me. I mean, holy crap! Yeah, I mean, Mahomes did all this running yesterday, and you talked about the next gen stats. Nobody scrambled more than anybody. On a toe, he's gonna get surgery on in the next ten days. I mean, he was under duress in a game they needed to protect them a little bit better than ever before. They were worse than ever before, and that was, of course, because of that great defensive line and great job by Jason Light accumulating that talent there for that football team. You made the comment last hour about the toe seemed fine in the championship game. You know, when you have an injury like that, and we're not doctors, but we have both been injured some more seriously than others, <laughs> but when, when, you, when you have that ligament-type injury, all it takes is that one moment where you push it too hard exactly. and then it goes again. Right. And that's what happened last night. With those guys chasing him, without his tackles there, with the bright lights and the big stage of the Super Bowl, with everything riding on it, he clearly early in the game put too much pressure on Definitely. that toe, pushed off of it too hard, and, and there it went again, messed it up again, and he was back where he started almost against the Browns three weeks yeah, earlier. Yeah. But uh, that, that's what happens when you've got that, that defense that can bring the heat, and it also helps to have both of your tackles out from the standpoint of chasing the guy around. I, I'm, I'm, mine is, and you've used the Schwarzenegger, I'll be back, we'll be back, they'll be back, he'll be back. 
I got to go. He'll be back because, you know, there's a lot of people today that are going to take a certain amount of perverse glee in the fact that Patrick Mahomes didn't have a great game. He had a great game. He did everything in his power. He was the last guy on the Chiefs to to acknowledge that it wasn't their night. I mean, he said after the game, he thought they had a chance up until the last interception that Devin White made in the end zone when at that point there's no way. It's too late in the game. There's no you got no chance. Up until then, he was holding out hope. Remember remember the crazy 2002 game between the Colts and the Bucks, the Monday Nighter where what was it? Was it the the Colts and Tony Dungy came back from the huge deficit and won the game? Right. Remember that one? Yeah, sure. Like, I'm starting to think the last five minutes, like, oh, we've seen lightning strike in this stadium yeah. before, and it's Mahomes. Like, he wasn't given up until after that drive. And we saw we saw him throwing from – and we've That's seen insane. him throw. Look at this. He throws from every body position, including falling on the ground, laying out sideways, and – and, and it was so unexpected that the guy that he threw it to had hit him in the face. The so, guy uh, is beyond. Unbelievable. Yeah, right. That's all there is. It's, it's beyond special. I mean, I, he was playing at 80%, and it was still special. I mean, he was making throws that, like we talked about, there was a few where, yeah, they were tough catches, but they were on the money, ridiculously amazing throws, and it could have changed the game. And that that's it, It's amazing. And, Mike, well, last thing, because I love that you went down this way, because you're right, people are going to be on him. I also love the way he goes down. He didn't, like, try to be political on the way down yesterday, where, oh, you know, let me not throw another interception so people won't blame me. Let me throw check downs so at the end of the day we can look at it and go, like, oh, look, his stats were pretty good. He went down going, wait, I'm either going to win this thing or we're going down in flames and I don't give a damn. And that I love that aspect about him. He wasn't going to play the politics game and save his, you know, aura, you know, for next year and everything like that. And I have a lot of respect for Mahomes because of that. The throw that he made when he spun around and he unloaded it into the end zone and Byron Pringle actually came up with the ball. Like, I I, I was like, oh, please. I, I was I was rooting for the replay to show that yeah, somehow caught Pringle right, caught right, it. Right. Yeah, and then you could see he didn't. But just unbelievable. And can we put up the image of him laying out? I mean – the, to all the Marv Marinoviches out there that have boys that they want to make into quarterbacks, make them shortstops first. That's the quintessential shortstop, deep in the hole, getting the ball, laying out, and firing it to first base. That's why he's so great, because he's a shortstop playing quarterback. He's an all-star shortstop playing quarterback. That's why he can make those throws, because he's got the arm to do it, and it doesn't matter what position his body's in. Defies everything that we've ever been taught about quarterback mechanics and motion and base and stance and turning and torque. It's just whenever you get the ball, whenever you have to get rid of it, you get rid of it and you throw it toward the target. Oh. Now, you also have to have an incredibly gifted arm that you've honed to perfection through years and years and years of practice. But shortstop, get him to play shortstop in addition to quarterback, and that's how you craft a Patrick Mahomes. And well, and hope, you know, that you've got everything, out the, the skill and the God-given ability and the genes and everything else. But but the shortstop is the, the ingredient that allows us to see moments like we saw last night. Well, it's 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 ins- well, there, there's he's amazing. I mean, come on, listen, I know Brady's the GOAT and everything like that. I get it. But the, the guy we watched last night is this ta- he's more talented than anybody we've ever seen in the history of the sport. I mean, that, that, that's not even – I mean, it, it's, you know, a very select few can do some of the things he did last night. From the day he's taken over, it has been about Mahomes and the team and everything being around him. It's everything. It's different than Brady. Brady got to play defense and run the ball and, and do some things like that early in his career to where he got to grow into this. Mahomes stepped on the field and we went, greatness, take over. Go ahead, 50 touchdowns, 5,000. First time you ever got out there, just go. We never heard from you, Texas Tech, go take over the world, take over the team. He's amazing. He really is. That's what stinks about last night, that he wasn't at 100%, that we didn't get to see their starting tackles and see a better show. Either way, hey, that Buccaneers defense was all over him, And but I, I, I have respect for Mahomes, just like you're saying, no doubt. And, and let me, and let me yeah. just say this. One last, one last bouquet for Patrick Mahomes. If you had taken, and, and it, tell me if I'm wrong, if you had flipped – Mahomes and Brady last night on teams. Well, come on. Sa- same come outcome. On. 
if it's not worse. worse. It's worse. worse. Well, when Brady's not going to be able to scramble around and make some of those 497 throws. yards. He can't walk 497 yards. Well, that's yards. what I mean. So the, the, the game would have been 59 to 7. I, I don't know what else to say. That, that's where I, this is where, again, I become a Tom Brady hater. It's not about being a hater of Tom Brady. I love Brady. I do. I just get exhausted by I turn on TV shows after the game and nobody talks about anybody on the team of the Buccaneers except for one guy. And I want to go, that was like an all-time Super Bowl defensive performance. That was a butt-whooping offensive line performance. I know Brady was really good, but damn, can we just give credit to somebody other than him? That's where I get frustrated with it, as you could tell. Uh, let me just add one last point yeah. to that, though. Because if Brady and, – and I don't want to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes. He's young. He's only been a starter for three years. Brady's been down this road so many times. Sure. When he walks through the door, it changes everything. So I don't want – in suggesting, I think accurately, if you flip Mahomes and Brady, the Buccaneers still would have won. There's still that aura, that presence, that mandate, that – you know, the chastising the teammate sure. who was crying in the locker room after the NFC championship. Why the F are you crying? We still have work to do. Texting the teammates every single night at 11 p.m. on the dot. We will win every night. Leonard Fournette said that after the game every night leading up to the Super Bowl. Just that vibe, that presence, that aura, that determination. Not that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have it. He's got it when the game's on. I just think it's going to take time for him to grow into the full Tom sure. Brady experience and what he'd bring into a locker room. So, who, who you know, I, does, does that make Mike Remmers block any better? I don't know. No. But it helps to have someone like that around. Yeah, well, it does. And that takes time to grow into. You know, that's a guy that's been around the block a few times. Mahomes has his magical ways. We know that. The team loves him. You know, is he as good as Brady in all those areas? No, you know, maybe not. It's certainly, he hasn't been the experiences, the battles, everything like that. But still, a phenomenal leader. And hey, you know that that I don't care who you got a quarterback last night. That was going to be rough. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. Like we said, there was certain plays in the game where you sit there and you go, wait, are they about to throw a screen pass? Because they're letting everybody go by. And you're like, no, that was a, they were trying to block them, actually, when you saw the replay. They just barely touched Shaquille, or they barely touched JPP. That was the amazing thing to me more than anything. So uh, awesome aspect. Uh, I, I think the, the next thing, if we're going to hit one more super, superlative, you know, that I think is really important, we heard, we heard Mahomes you know, talk about they defended the deep part of the field. They defended the sidelines. You know, they really took everything away. And then you go, well, what about the middle of the field? And that's where the dynamic duo come into into factor. And it's it's this the linebackers, Devin White and Levante David. We just I got to talk more about them and what they bring to the table because you're playing defenses to protect the deep part and the sidelines and things like that. Whoa, that puts a lot of pressure on the guys on the inside. And Levante David and and Devin White. It seemed like for the most part, and I, I'll be excited to watch the film, but did a really good job in a lot of man-to-man -man situations or zone coverages where it ended up being like, hey, Kelsey's in my zone. Now I got to play him man-to-man. -man. And we're just amazing with some of the underneath, in the middle of the field type routes, let alone what they do in run defense and everything like that. So Devin White, Levante David, other than like Brady, I think these two guys were the other guys that jump out to me to be possible, you know, MVP players or of that caliber. And Devin White was doing that thing that I saw him do all year long, specifically in the playoffs. He'd just come over and he'll say something to you. He's not going to push it, right? He's not going to get himself a flag. He knows how much he can say, right? And and stay Seems on like the he right has a smile side on of the his face when he does it too. A lot but, of the time, but there's a, there's a, yeah. there's still there's still a, a, there's an edge there, right? And uh, and and I think that served the defense incredibly well. And look, I, I don't know if the interception that happened near the end of the game had happened earlier, would Devin White have gotten MVP consideration? Uh, I I think it was going to be very hard to overcome the Tom Brady factor, but Devin yeah. White uh, did did what what I thought he would do. It, it just the stakes weren't as high when he did it. All he did was keep the Chiefs from scoring a touchdown at all in the game. It wasn't the backbreaker that came in a key moment when the Chiefs still had a chance to win the game. Last one for me, Chris, and and this is something that we've spoken about previously in the five weeks since the end of the regular season. 
This is the Delay the Coaching Carousel Award, and this is the ultimate example, the ultimate proof of how different it would be. You know, I've argued in the past that the awards that are handed out the night before the Super Bowl, they should be based on the full season all the way through the Super Bowl. The only problem is the coach of the year would be the coach of the team that wins the Super Bowl. The MVP would be the Super Bowl MVP. You know, you'd get it skewed by the outcome of the postseason. So, fine, leave the awards as they are. But there is a huge difference between how the NFL teams that are looking for coaches and general managers, frankly, but but let's just focus on coaches because this is the one – because the general managers keep hiring them however you hire them. It's not as important as coaches. With the coaches, if you had waited until today to fire up the coaching carousel – yeah. Say it. I have a feeling things would look a lot oh, different. Oh, Todd Bowles might be like a little bit more in demand, maybe. I I, ha- I have a feeling I have a feeling Todd Bowles oh. would probably get one of the seven jobs. Right. I have a feeling Byron Leftwich, who got let me see, I gotta check my math here. Zero interviews. Right. Would would have gotten at least one if if they had waited until yeah. the day after the Super Bowl mm-hmm. to start the process. I think you're on to something, Mike. And Judy Batista, who covers the NFL for the NFL, we can never forget that. And I know the people who work for NFL Network, NFL Media, NFL.com, don't like it when we say it, when I say it. I'll take the heat. You, you're working for the NFL. So there's, an, there's, an, there's, there's a problem there baked into the, to the cake. She reports that an owner said that moving the coaching carousel from the end of the regular season until after the Super Bowl – would be unenforceable. What's unenforceable about it? You know what that means? That's a cop-out by whoever said that. And, and here's, here's really what they're saying. People would cheat. And the NFL doesn't like to chase cheaters around. Because, number one, it's hard to catch them. And, number two, the NFL typically doesn't like to have to say to the world, we, we, got, we got cheaters in here. Like, like, just like last week with Gruden and the and the tamp, the, the blatant gross tampering with Richard Sherman. They don't like to have to flag for the world that they have cheaters. Every once in a while, there's a strategic reason for doing it, like with Bounty Gate, because we need to show that we care about player health and safety, or with any Patriots scandal, because there's such a deep seated resentment of the Patriots within the league office, certain portions of it, and certain. Owners, we don't like that the Patriots have cracked the code, or at least had cracked the code. But but don't give me this, it's unenforceable. Don't give me this, you know, it is enforceable. Nobody gets hired until after the Super Bowl, period. Nobody gets interviewed until after the Super Bowl, period. And if anyone's out there interviewing coaches before the Super Bowl, we're, we're going we're gonna to put an enforcement mechanism in place, and we're going to whack you if you do it. What's so hard about that, Chris? No, do it. I know. I don't. Everybody presses pause. Do your do all your research behind the scenes. Do your work. Get ready for your interviews. Yeah. But the process begins today. No one gets hired before today. No one gets officially interviewed before today. And, and if you and if you run afoul of that, you'll lose draft picks. I listen. Period. I don't know it's why. It's not that hard to do. No, it's not. And you know, I, I I really think it's a great idea. One to make it fair for all the coaches and everything like that. Two. Like, why wouldn't the NFL want to dominate the news cycle for the next three weeks and all now be coaching conversation instead of us trying to squeeze it in during playoff talk and things like that? To me, it's a way they can dominate another month of the year in the news cycle. So that's where it makes sense to me, Mike, and I'm with you. There's too many people that are qualified that, you know, get shunned here because, yes, they're still involved and they don't want to just go all in on, you know, getting ready their resume and all that type of stuff. So – uh, I think you're on to something. Uh, I'm with you there. And the last part of one it that caveat. I don't like. One caveat, Let me just say this one last caveat. thing that I don't right. like. Just the last thing is that I just th- – to, to what you're saying, what I don't like about everything you just said is it just – as me as an ex-player sometimes, it just comes down to like, man, the players always got to follow the rules, and it just seems like a lot of everybody else doesn't always have to follow them. And that's where that gets to me annoyed a little bit. The, the caveat on all of this would be in the five weeks between the end of the regular season and the, the, the Super Bowl, you run the risk of owners making up their mind about who they're going to hire, and it's just a charade after that, right? Yeah. But, but you know what? That happens anyway. They spend the last five weeks of the regular season making up their mind. 
you, you think you think Shad Khan didn't know damn well he was hiring Urban Meyer the moment the last game ended. It was just a question of whether or not Meyer was going to take the job. He'd made up his mind, just like Daniel Snyder had his mind made up for months that Mike Shanahan was going to be the coach of his team after the 2008 season. That's the way it works. They're going to make up their mind anyway. But this is a way that forces everyone to wait, and then everyone's on a fair footing. And the best argument that that supports this idea of waiting is that, and we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating, Chris, that inherent conflict that the assistant coach is feeling as he should be focused exclusively on the next game, the next game, planning for the next game, doing your job for the next game. Meanwhile, you've got to carve out time to prepare to be interviewed by one team, two teams, three teams, four teams, five teams. And this is your opportunity for career advancement. Your opportunity for career advancement is knocking at a time when you have dinner on the stove for your current employer. And what are you going to do? Are you going to walk away from the stove when the pot's getting ready to boil and go answer the door? Or are you going to not go answer the door? What are you going to do? You got to choose. And and as, as one person said to me, when that assistant coach comes home at night, offensive or defensive coordinator, to spouse or significant other, the question isn't, gee, how's the game plan going for this weekend? The question is, have you heard anything more about that head coaching opportunity? Do you know? When are you going to know? When's the interview? How'd the interview go? When do you think we're going to get the job? Where, well, you know, and 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 th th that's human nature, right? Because that's that's what they all aspire to do is become head coaches. So it creates a horrible conflict of interest that we expect these folks to navigate. If you just wait until the day to start it, nobody has to deal with that. It's all equal footing. It's all fair, and we have the full body of evidence from the season that was before we start making our plans for the season that will be. Yeah, that's right. I think. Uh, I mean, well said. I, I, I hopefully the NFL will think about this a little bit. You know, too. I mean, I think you just bring up so many good points. And, and like I said, I just I don't understand why now we're going to not talk. You know, there's not going to be as many stories surrounding the NFL the next few weeks. It'd be great to be able to talk about the coaching interviews and do all that stuff. Um, let I, the postseason dominate oh. January and then let the coaching search dominate February prior to the scouting. I love that. The years that there is. One. Yeah, that would be amazing. Right. You know, and you can even make have press conferences at the combine. Hey, here's our new coach, blah, 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 all that. I mean, I think it fits well. Um, I want to give one more superlative. I got two more superlatives, actually. The um, the uh, crying Jordan meme. Um, sorry, that's my crying Jordan meme is my next superlative because bye-bye, uh, Michael. Bye. As much as I think you're the greatest athlete in the history of America, oh. most people will not view you that way anymore. That's for sure. Most people, you look at social media last night, it's, it, you know, hey, rings the rings. Tom Brady's got seven. The casual fans just going to chalk it up to that and go, bam, he's the greatest of all time in any sport, whatever it is. It's argue. I, I mean, listen, it's it's a great argument. I understand that. But it's a real aspect of the sports debate here in this country and those type of things. Brady, you know, now will be viewed as that guy for sure in a lot of ways and uh, be interesting to see. I think it's going to cause a lot of arguments in barbershops and locker rooms and everything like that. I remember you thought that once Brady got to seven, that's when he'd walk off. Right. But the thing is, it, it's it, you know he's a guy who once he climbs one mountain, he finds another mountain to climb, and so he's got to seven. So what, what's his goal? Does he want? To, does he really want to get to ten? There's no way in hell he can get to well, ten. Is I, there? I mean, is if, there? If you get to eight, you know, you basically just like crap on every other quarterback in the history of football. <laughs> you just basically just Literally. go. Hey Joe, Joe. Hey Joe, you're half as good as me. Hey Terry, you're half as good as me. I mean, it, that's to where it's just it, it's remarkable. Again, listen, I'll say uh, Brady's amazing. The way he throws the ball, still like you said, he climbed another mountain to me this year in conquering the mountain of I don't like to be hit or touched. And he's on a team that really protects the ball, protects him well. They run the ball, and his arm is still phenomenal I mean as you see last night some of the throws he makes are just it's still jaw-dropping the way it pops out of his hands and everything like that again you know I, I I will say yeah I don't he's been very beneficial of having some really good teams around him but I just think in the casual sports fans eyes from here on out I think he takes over for Michael Jordan as you know the guy here in America
And let me make one important point about Tom Brady's overall self-awareness that extends beyond the end of the game. Can we put the photo back up, please, that we just had of Brady holding the trophy? There's an important detail here. Do you see the T-shirt? The T-shirt is not over his shoulder pads. That's become a thing over the last 15 years where they just slap the T-shirts on the guys while they're out there. It's got a strange look. It reminds me of Peter Boyle and young Frankenstein, that all you really need is the sport coat on top of the Frankenstein monster to complete the ensemble. Brady knows how that looks. He got rid of the shoulder pads before he put the shirt on. Another check mark in why Tom Brady is awesome. Although it would be funny to see him with the Frankenstein look with the shoulder pads and the and the t-shirt under it. But you saw some guys last night like that. And I remember the first time I ever saw it was Super Bowl 42. First time I noticed it, Eli Manning had the t-shirt over the shoulder pads. And it's just, it's just, again, these are the images that will resonate for years to come. Brady knows that. He got rid of the shoulder pads yep. quickly before it was time to put that shirt on. A very little subtle point, but that just shows you that Brady's mastery well, he's very aware of everything. Goes, it, everything. Yeah, everything. Everything. How everything looks, how everything feels, everything. You got. Go ahead. You got one more? We uh, got time. Yeah. The uh, now's not the time uh, award. All right. The now, now is not the time. No, no, no. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah. That's right. Refs, I don't want to see you in the last four minutes of the second quarter in the Super Bowl. Get the hell out of here. Are you kidding me? I, want, I mean, that's like, it's ridiculous. I, it's my one issue with the game yesterday. Listen, I know the better team won. I'm not even arguing that. I'm arguing a deeper issue that comes up in the NFL every playoffs now. And I, I don't know where it goes. Either refereeing in the regular season has to change or the way they referee in the playoffs has to change. But what we saw last night and what's going to be frustrating to me is we saw – a whole bunch of playoff games played one way, and then all of a sudden we got into a crucial part of the football game last night in the Super Bowl, and the game was called a different way. I don't know any other way to say it. I don't know any other way to say it. And that, that to me, bothers me a little bit. Not saying that it would have determined the game. I still think the Bucks win that game no matter what. But I do think we are maybe entertained to a better show and a, and a more competitive game if the referees, I don't know, just to me, got involved in some very ticky-tack type plays for what we've seen through the playoffs this year in the NFL. And it was at a key moment in the game where it still could have gone either way, and that kind of started the mini avalanche. Now, the Chiefs had the whole half, whole second half, third quarter, fourth quarter to recover from it. They never did. But but I look, I, I, I get what you're saying, and that, that moment we talked about earlier when Tyron Matthew made the interception after Leonard Fournette tipped the ball up to him, flag, defensive holding. Mm, mm. Well, really? I mean, you know, this is, the, this is where it gets lost to me, where I go, first off, the ball hit the wall, so it was not catchable. All right, the ball hit the wall behind the end zone. The other thing you're too, talking about, you're talking about the oh, pass interference I'm on talk, the, the yeah. second one. All right, yeah. so wait, so the first one, let's go to that. The Evans, the interception, the tip ball, right, all that – it's a six-yard turnaround. I mean, there was barely, I mean, any. there was just a little hand jostling. I mean, that, that's been, I, that was the, one of the least egregious ones I've seen of all f the playoffs. I mean, it hasn't been called. So that was huge. Hey, the go route down the left sidelines to Mike Evans. They tangled feet. Go watch. I replayed the play like five times after. He, he stepped on Breland's foot and he fell down. So to me, that's not a moment you call that. And then also debatable whether that's catchable. And then the one in the end zone with Honey Badger. You know, the ball hit the wall in the back of the end zone. And here's the other thing that's being lost, I think, a little bit with pass interference. If a defensive guy's standing there, he's allowed to stand there even if the wide receiver wants to go that way. And when he's there, it's his right to be there. He, it, just because the receiver wants to go that way doesn't mean he gets the green light to just run the guy over, and now we call pass interference. That's another thing I see consistently called with refs right now in the NFL. Just bothers me. Either way, Bucks were the better team, not trying to make any excuses, just didn't tune in to watch the refs You know, late in the second quarter. The uncatchable thing is always difficult because what we see on TV is skewed by the fact that the player was prevented from making his best effort to catch it. So I think they do err on the side of, of saying it was catchable. You know, it's got to be grossly overthrown to come to the conclusion it was uncatchable. But I hear what you're saying, and 
Randy Mahomes, here's what you're saying. We had that up there. She was uh, yeah, giving listen, Giselle yeah, I mean, a little bit last night. I mean, right. it's it's hard. Look, but again, there's a big difference between ha- having that happen in the final four minutes no of the doubt. first half no doubt. versus the final four minutes of the second half. There were still ample opportunities Definitely. for the Chiefs to overcome it. That's but right. but when you're in the halftime locker room for 25 minutes and you're thinking that the world is lined up against you, including the people in black and white stripes, it can be a little a little deflating and uh, well, fourteen to and six, make it hard to come back. Seventeen to six are a lot different than twenty-one to six. You know, that's where, that's where it's. You know, you go into the locker room twenty-one to six, and you start to go, "Holy crap!" I mean, one more mistake and we're done. It's over, and that's where it was. You know, a little shocking altogether. And yeah, I don't like it. I don't like that the referees kind of dictated that part of the football game last night. Quick break. We'll continue the discussion on Super Bowl 55 when PFT Live continues. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. Hell no, I ain't going anywhere. I'm coming back, try to get two. <laughs> and then we'll see after that. But uh, no, this football team, I love these guys. And uh, we have a great staff, um, great team. Uh, hopefully Jason and I can get together and, and keep most of them and, and uh, try to repeat. Bruce Arians after the game, repeating what he had said in the days preceding the game. Hell no, he's not retiring in the event the Buccaneers win the game. CBS reported, before the game, it was Jason Lockenfora saying that Bruce Arians may step aside and give the reins to Todd Bowles going into 2021 if they would win the game. I was told that that was, all due respect, BS, and that there was no way Arians is stepping aside. Why would you? It's just right. like with Andy Reid. You've built the house. Right. Sit on the couch for a while and enjoy it. Right. That's right. I mean, they're they're like, what what we've all we've talked about the whole show is where's the weakness of the team? I mean, we talked about it all year. We thought... We, uh, you know, again, I'll pat us on the back. We were saying this in week six or seven. We were going, man, the Bucks might be the most complete team in the NFC. When they play their best, they look great. I don't know what, why. Well, you're right. Brady's still throwing the ball awesome. The offensive line's awesome. Running backs are good. Receivers galore. I mean, there's not a weak spot on the football team. You're right. They're, they're set up to where, like you said, he could sit on the couch and they could be a big time player and back in the Super Bowl again next year and the year after the way the team's set up right now. And he's delegated so much, and and that's fine. I'm you know, some coaches refuse to delegate anything and they drive themselves crazy. Yeah, Arians trusts the people that mm-hmm. he has working for him. He provides the oversight. He provides the leadership. And he he empowers others yeah. to do the job, and and uh, that's one of the reasons why it's easy to keep going. Yeah, he's not going to be grinding like Bill Belichick is in his late sixties. He's going to be driving around on the golf cart uh, and uh, going home uh, at a reasonable hour and enjoying life. Yeah, when you can do that, why would you stop? Right. No, you're right. There there is. It's it's a different way he does things. You know, maybe compared to a lot of big time NFL head coaches, but they do it by committee and. Hey, he just he's never seemed to be one that's stressed out. I don't know. He just seems like he loves the challenge of it and whatever and being with the guys and talking crap and talking ball and it just seems like he's made for it. And he's in a perfect spot. The Glazier family's an awesome family to work for. 
when they trust you, man, they'll give you the keys to the city and do anything you want. And they obviously trust him. He's got a great relationship with Jason Light. I mean, Jason Light really is, compared to the last few GMs who won Super Bowls, it's not getting the credit as compared to some of the other GMs, at least in my opinion. That's the one thing I'll say. I mean, the last few Super Bowl trophy appearances, we've seen the GM be a part of the – last night he got the trophy and no one even put the camera on him, no, nothing. I saw him sitting there holding it before he gave it to Brady. Like, I'm sure he was like, can someone just acknowledge me and the team that I built that's, like, perfect? Hello, hello, I'm the GM. I built an awesome team and got Tom Brady here. So I want to give him credit too because that's well, it's a great tandem. And Brady was responsible for a lot of the guys coming there, but Light built the team that made the Buccaneers attractive to, to Brady, Brady right. and they knew to embrace Brady. They could have gone in a bunch of different directions. Mm -hmm. They could have brought back Jason Light. There was talk that they wanted Teddy Bridgewater if they couldn't get Tom Brady. So they, they could have done they could have, they could have done many different things at quarterback last year. They decided Brady was their guy. And that that took some guts. 43 year old quarterback going to be 43 in August yeah. that that took that took right. that it, it allowed and and there was some criticism as they were rounding up guys like Brady and Gronk and Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette you know executives with other teams that that have more of a build it slowly and gradually and sustain success attitude we're like yeah you know this this they're going all in this is stupid this isn't going to last well i don't know it's going to last as long as brady's going to play so maybe it is going to last maybe it is going to work maybe it isn't just a flash in the pan and if it is hey it, it worked it flashed in the pan and they won a super bowl so uh you know and light light was the guy who made it sufficiently attractive to brady to to, to do that how about tyreek hill and travis kelsey yeah. last night kelsey still had over 100 receiving yards but they, they were a far cry from what they were against yeah. the Buffalo Bills, where they both were unstoppable. You know, they 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 took Hill away, and they didn't get killed by Kelsey again. Although he had 133 receiving yards, and ordinarily you'd look at that and say, "Well, that's 206 total yards between the two guys. That's a pretty good night." Not the way that we're used to seeing them play. No, not for that group. And a lot of it came in parts of the game where the, the game wasn't competitive anymore. Where it was like, "Hey, the Bucks are, you know, playing a little conservative here." And things like that. You know, I mean, we talked about the linebackers, David and White. It seemed like they did a really good job for the most part in Kelsey, even in some of the catches, like catches where you'd go, man, usually he catches that and then runs for 15 more yards. He's catching that ball tonight, and it's like, no, you're going down right here as you catch the ball. Or, you know, you're about to catch it, and bam, bam, and somebody hits the ball, and he doesn't catch it at all. You know, that, that was all the linebackers in the middle of the field. And then, Mike, it goes into the other thing. The two deep safeties. It goes back to their front four. The fact that their front four, they basically just said, you guys pressure the quarterback, you guys stop the run game, and now we can keep two guys back and not let you know Tyree Kill run post corners and posts and deep crosses and go routes and all those type of things. There just wasn't enough of an answer. And that's where I was a little surprised by the game, Mike. I, I can't lie. That was where I thought – Kansas City would spread them out and have a short passing attack, screen game type of attack, and I thought Mahomes' foot would be healthier to where he could do more of the sprint outs, which would be, was a staple for protecting their offensive line the last six weeks of the year. That's all they did, sprint out left and right. It was one of their number one things, and they didn't have that, I think, because of Mahomes' foot in the, in the game plan. So all in all, it was a great defensive performance, and uh, it was the right plan by Todd Bowles. There was a thought for most of the year that the only way to beat the Chiefs would be to hold them under 30. Who would have ever dreamed the Buccaneers would hold them under 10? Let's yeah. take a break. When we return, our draft post-Super Bowl, the lasting images from Super Bowl 55. We'll be right back. The taunting, man. I, it's something I just had to do. Um, when we played them earlier, you know, Hill went off on us. He backflipped in front of my face, gave me the peace sign. So it was only right that I gave him the peace sign right back to him. At this moment, it felt amazing to be able to do that. Not even going to lie. Antoine Winfield Jr., and that was a great moment, putting the deuces, throwing up the deuces in Tyreek Hill's face. I think there was some confusion on the broadcast, a belief that that was going to extend the drive. Once that fourth down play happens, anything after that is yardage that gets tacked on post-play, post-possession, it right. backed up the Buccaneers. It didn't give. There it is. There's the deuce. Hey, and you know what? If you're if you're Tyree Kill and you're going to throw up the deuces constantly, that's what you get. 
you're setting yourself up for that someday, Chris. I, I like I, I just I don't again, I'm gonna go back to the refs here. I don't I'm in the dish to show you it's not about favoritism towards anybody. It, it's the freaking Super Bowl. Like what do they want? They like guys not to show emotion? I don't know, but it's not worth Still throwing taunting. flags Still over. Taunting. Still taunting. I I, Still taunting. I know. I don't think it's I want – listen, if taunting, if you get in the guy's face and bump him and stand over him and straddle him and do it, that's taunting. Okay, then you're right. Then they need to call taunting on Tyreek Hill. But they he, didn't. They never call it on him. I know they because it's cool him. and he's running away from everybody so it doesn't seem as personal. But it's just – right. like to me, stuff like that just got to go. I don't care. Stop the flags Time on is it. running away from us, Fine. so we got to get to our draft. Lasting oh, yeah. images from Super Forgot. Bowl 55. What do you got? I forgot about that. Um, the lasting image of Super Bowl 55, I mean, I think the number one thing that comes to my head and that will always come to my head is just Brady hoisting the trophy in Tampa Bay with the, you know, the pirate ship behind him. I don't know how I cannot get that out of my brain. I know that's just an amazing feat for what he did. A team going there, playing in the home Super Bowl, winning it, him holding up the trophy, pretty awesome in the, in the lures of, of sports. Yeah, I thought you hated Tom Brady. What I know. Happened? Yep, I dislike him for this segment only. <laughs> By the way, nobody threw the football into the cannon porthole, so somebody actually bet three hundred dollars on that. Uh, Damn. Oh, well, hope you got hope you got more where that came from. For me, it's Patrick Mahomes running for his life, and whether we want to use the snapshot of him laying out like a shortstop, throwing the ball yeah. to first, but but it's Patrick Mahomes all night long running for his life, four hundred ninety-seven yards of running behind the line of scrimmage before he threw the football. And, uh, again, that's not on him. Uh, the, the blocking wasn't there, and the Buccaneers' pass rush was. No, you're right. It was uh, – that. that's what I toyed with, too. It was one of those two right there. I went with the guy who won, but you're right. I mean, really, I think when I think about the moments on the field, you're probably that, – that's the moments I think of. I mean, I'm always going to think of Brady holding it up and like, hey, yeah, how about that? That's really cool. But, yeah, when you think about on the field, it was almost like, what What do you think, Mike? Third, fourth play of the game where you went, whoa, like, are they are they going to block them at all today? Or, like, what's going on here? I mean, it was pretty, pretty wild uh, right from the get-go. Um, I think the next one, and as you could tell here, I'm trying to come up with these on the fly. Uh, I texted all of mine last night on our chain. Just feel free to. Well, I'm going to go with the weekend one. at halftime. We didn't like hit some of that. I'm going to go with like guys wearing bandages on their face with lights on their hands. The whole show. I thought it was pretty damn good, you know, and especially which like, again, is mind blowing here. Okay. But he paid 7 million of his own money to put on that show. I, 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 I He'll make it back. Well, I, I know He'll he will. I know he will. But I mean, I'm, <laughs> the NFL probably made that in what four seconds of a commercial yesterday. I'm just amazed that he had to put his own money. Either way, I thought it was pretty cool, pretty well done without a full stadium and everything like that. Uh, I'll, I'll remember the weekend and what he did. Over time, it has become obvious in the music industry the value of that stage. So, yeah, uh, he'll he'll make it all back and then some. For, for me, another one is Rob Gronkowski running to the end zone with the first touchdown of the game. That Because we hadn't seen a run like that all year, and that was just kind of like that, oh, bleep moment where, hey, the Buccaneers actually have a chance here. That, that just... You know, because I'm thinking, oh, the Chiefs are, oh, you know, it could get ugly. They could blow them out. Oh, God, it could be. And then when he when he scores that first touchdown, that's when I thought, hey, you know what? We're going to have a football game tonight. Yeah. We didn't. No. We didn't. But but I thought at least the Buccaneers would be in it, and they were. I, I, I mean, in it, it uh, in, you know, my, my thought after that drive was like, oh, man, that looked a little too easy. Uh, it was a little scary. You know, it was. It was one of those things, and, you know, listen, it was a weird night in the household of the Sims family. I've told you, my, my, my little boy loves Tom Brady. I mean, he was rooting for him to death over Aaron Rodgers, but he wanted Mahomes to win last night. He wanted Mahomes, but, like, it wasn't as crushing to him because I feel like he felt like he knew. He could see it. Anybody who watched football, you just went, eh, this team's better. Like, maybe Mahomes can make magic, but this team is better. That's all there is to be said about the whole situation. I think the last thing – uh, I'll go to maybe with the, the the lasting image. It's just the mauling of the offensive line by the Buccaneers. And what are you giggling at, you weirdo? Nothing. nothing All right. Nothing. <laughs> You're over here texting something and having fun. But no, the no, offensive no. line for the Bucks 
just the way they just absolutely pushed around the front four in the running game to have 150 rushing yards, you know, with basically the same run play like we talked about. And the other thing, too, again, I mean, other than the sack, I mean, they didn't get near Brady. They, they didn't even get close to Brady, really. And that was phenomenal. And that's something I'll remember about, you know, Super Bowl 55. You know, there's a bunch of different ones that I, I know. can that I can say, and I don't want to keep going back to Brady. Um, but that that moment with with Tyron Matthew sticking his finger in Brady's face, even if Brady instigated it, Matthew, it just it was a that was the sign to me. Did you see his that, quote after the game? Oh yeah, he he never expected <laughs> that. Never Brady seen, never seen that side of right. him. Um, but but that to me was the moment that the Chiefs were no longer that that team with the aura right right the aura shifted to the Buccaneers once Brady broke Matthew in that moment that that to me that that's when I thought oh Bucks are gonna win that yeah. was after that play I'm thinking after that that moment I'm thinking that's when that's when I thought the Bucks were gonna win well yeah and that was what that would made it 21-6 right before the right. half right it seemed like everything was against Tampa but, but and even though like we that. know what the Chiefs but can do, right. even though we know what the Chiefs can do, that's like yeah, that's you it. felt it's like done. yeah, they were in another yeah. class of a football team yeah. for this Sunday, no doubt. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this post Super Bowl edition of PFT Live right after this. Well, uh, let's start looking forward to 2021. The Chiefs, the favorites so far, plus 600 via points bet green bay plus 900 i guess that joe barry factor at defensive coordinator is really pushing the packers to the why top is the tampa stack. there i don't know why tampa's plus 1200 i don't get it i don't get it baltimore plus 1200 buffalo plus 1200 i'd i'd say uh if i were a betting man i'd uh, i'd take that plus 1200 while i can for the tampa bay buccaneers not that i mean again it's been 20 years almost since the team's repeated but and and we get caught up I'm, I'm just surprised the odds are where they are because yeah. i would think people get caught up chris yeah in the idea that the bucks have everything they need to repeat i, I agree that I, I'm, I'm shocked by that too i mean i understand the chiefs having you know being at the top I'm, i would think the bucks really would be tied with them it just we don't look at their team and go oh man they're going to be a different team next year we know really much all of them are going to be back including brady well, it was a great show, great day, and we continue with the 2021 offseason. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.